Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn from What Culture Football, Adam Cleary and Simon Gallagher here to discuss another burning football issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily football podcasts. But gents, we are gathered here today because Premier League football is about to return. Thank God. <laughs> and seeing as we've had a few games, four so far this season, each team has played. I want to know your predictions for the final 2019-2020 Premier League that's, table. That's very handy, that, because that's what I've brought with me. Those, the only <laughs> notes I've brought are the final Premier League table, although it's printed out in, in double drunk. Look, it looks. I don't know if you can see this on the camera, but it's printed out drunk. <laughs> so I'm just going to show everybody at home that. I don't know why I printed those. Oh, you're going to give away answers? I had two goes at this, and it's all just, yeah, tremendous. Adam Cleary, let's start with yours for obvious reasons. But, yeah. Um, first off, most obviously, who do you have as Premier League champions? I have Manchester City as Premier League champions, but I will hold my hands up and I will say Liverpool have started a lot better than I thought they were going to. I thought they were going to have a big hangover from the amount of football they played last year, from how small their squad was relative to, say, Man City. And, of course, all their big players being away across the summer. I think they've started a lot better and a lot brighter than I hold my hands up than I expected them to, but I still think over a 38 game season that is going to cost them eventually. We've already seen they've you know they've not kept a clean sheet yet this season. Um, with Allison being out, they looked way way shakier at the back as a result of that. That's just one injury. You know, two or three of those start getting across the team. I know Allison's back. Is he the next couple of he must weeks? Must be getting close. Yeah, you're getting close to coming back, but that's one injury, and that really did you know, take them off balance. Southampton will feel very unlucky not to have taken points off them. Yes, they've got a 100% record, but they don't look like the juggernaut they did last season. I think that will slow and slow and slow as the season goes on. And Man City, like, they've dropped two points off Spurs having the most anomalous draw ever. <laughs> like, two shots, one of which is a huge deflection, and they somehow get out of there with a 2-2. I think Man City will go on and on and on and on. Strength, 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 strength. Yeah, yeah I think Man generally, City Generally accepted that Man City probably going to be your League champions. Do you agree? I do. I think they get better, and Liverpool tend to fade right at the end of the season. They can't really afford to do that when Man City or Man City. I will say, in, fair, in fairness to Liverpool last season, they did not fade at the end of the season. They just simply, there's no other. They couldn't do anything other than put yeah. three points on the board, and that was <laughs> they needed to put like three point two points on yeah, the board every true. week. I will say though, if Liverpool get knocked out of the Champions League early, if for whatever reason they have a disastrous group stage or they like there's an upset in the second round. If they go out early in the Champions League and Man City are still in it, I may rephrase, I may reframe my prediction to Liverpool doing it. 
I would say the same. The sheer amount of games Man City will have to play and Liverpool being able to focus on the league might be enough to address that balance. You Maybe. got Man City top of yours? Yes, but I agree with all of that. I think Liverpool coming second is because they've played a lot of games last season and their summer was busy for their players. And it's hard to keep it up. I mean, they're, they're great and they're really good to watch, mm. but the pace that they play at, it's bound to... Mm. They haven't got a massive squad Every still. single player they had last season was in form for yeah. at least two-thirds of the thing. Like, Salah played... I know people say Salah wasn't quite the player he was that first season, but he still got an insane number of goals. Firmino stepped up a little bit. Marnie looked really good. Uh, Robertson and Alexander-Arnold were excellent. Alisson was brilliant. Van Dijk was brilliant. Gomez, when he was available, was brilliant. Matip came in and was brilliant. Every single player, and a similar, I'll get the Spurs, they've kind of got a similar problem. They all played at their best or even a little bit above themselves. And you just, you you need to be able, for Liverpool to win the league this year, you need to conceivably look at them and think, if they don't play as well as that, if they drop off 10, 15%, could they still beat Man City? And the answer is, the answer is no. Yeah, I think they're going to drop some points as well because of VAR, because uh, Salah likes to dive a little bit, doesn't he, sometimes? <laughs> and I think they might, sorry but it's true. You might, they might lose some points when they're shaved off when they don't get the penalties that they might have got if people weren't paying as close attention. Both, Same as Spurs. Yes, both very sensible decisions putting Man City as top for obvious reasons. Which is why. Which is why I've got Liverpool <laughs> winning the Premier League. Uh, the eternal could optimist. I, it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, I mean, this is... this. It's literally only those two, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, yeah. I, I should explain. This, this table is the table I predicted at the start of the season before any games were played. Aside from, actually, aside from my tweak between third and fourth. But I'm inclined to agree with what you're saying about Man City. They just seem unstoppable. Having said that, I'm always the eternal optimist as a Chesterfield fan. And, <laughs> they're uh, not going to win the league. They're definitely not going <laughs> to win anything. Um, and I think, like we said last season, if they could have swapped Man City and Liverpool with the titles that they won, mm. or the trophies that they won, I should say, then that would have happened. And I think Man City, yes, will be concentrating on attempting to win the league, but the most important thing for them is winning yeah, the Champions League this Champions season. League, yeah. And I think there is there is the odd chance if Liverpool play as good as, if not better, as they did last season, that Liverpool could just snatch it, which Man City won't be that bothered about. It's, not about, it's not about League Man final. City being bothered about it, I think. I do believe this will be Guardiola's last year, certainly if not his last season, his last full season at Manchester City. And I think given the resources he's had and the squad he's built and how good that team is, you know, back-to-back Premier League titles is great for them. But I think if he doesn't win the Champions League with that side, I think he'll probably look at that as a bit of a bit of a failure. So mm-hmm. I can genuinely see him as, you know, the buck stops at him in terms of squad selection. If they're in the latter stages of the Champions League, I think that's where their time and effort will go. That that's where their resources will go. That's where the full strength side will go, and maybe that'll open up a bit of a gap. For yeah, them. you can say that their second team is is strong, but if they're not playing matches together, then it doesn't mm. really matter. You can't just expect them to come in and win the league. So we've all obviously got Liverpool and Man City, yep. first or second. Uh, who makes up the rest of your top four? I've still got Chelsea in the top four. I know they've had a very very indifferent start of the season, but I think if you look at what they've been doing well. I think there's real good optimism there for Chelsea fans. I think Mount's come in looks fantastic. I think Pulis- Pulisic, that's the correct one, isn't it? We've had this list Pulisic, of pronunci- yeah. He looks like an excellent player. And I just think is going to come back. He's really going to strengthen that back line. They've not been able to get Kante on the pitch regularly, but when they do, they look far more solid. I just think they will sort that out at the back eventually, and they've got goals in that side. Tammy Abraham finally looks I like... Know, yeah. he, he looks like a revelation for them up front at the minute. And I just... 
I just think when you look at the other sides, I think they could, after a bad start, still build into something approaching consistent or approaching dangerous, and I think that'll get them into the top four. I do now have Arsenal as finishing third. Mm. I've bumped Spurs way out Interestingly, of the top four. Interestingly, so do I. We all have Arsenal as third. Arsenal were fourth in my pre-season predictions. I've swapped them around with Tottenham for my top four. Uh, they, they are third as well. I think that comeback they had against Tottenham, obviously they didn't go on and win the game in the North mm. London derby. They looked great. And just been, even in pre-season, I was looking at them, looking at on paper who they've got and comparing them to, yeah, like you said, your Chelsea's, your Man United's, even your Tottenham's now, and thinking they've strengthened far more than, I mean, I just far, think far more than Liverpool have strengthened. Forces. Yeah, I just think of the inter- that's the thing. It's, it's goals that are going to do this for you at the end of the day, which is why I've got Chelsea in there, because they are scoring goals. Mm-hmm. They've got no problem scoring goals. They just need to sort it out at the back. And it's goals that will get you up that end of the table. And aside from Mane, Firmino... And Salah, and of course uh, Aguero, and whoever the hell Sterling, Sane, whoever the hell is Man City want to play. Arsenal's attacking options are mm. just—they're crazy. Like David Luiz at the back is high banter. <laughs> I think they tra- score goals as well. He, well yeah, so. he's another one who scores goals. Like I think they're trying to—they've tried to make the side more press-proof. I think by the looks of it, they've got players mm. who can play out from the back. Like Emery clearly last year had a problem with getting the ball from the back of the back of the team to the front. He used to skip out the midfield entirely, but now it looks like they're going to be confident. Like. And I'm going to say his name wrong as well. We call it is Caballo. That what we're going. I with. think so. Yeah. Not Cabellos, obviously. No. We're going with Caballo. Just call him that. He looks fantastic, getting the ball deep mm. and oh, moving fact, it, moving yeah. it through the team and bringing it so many other players in. Liverpool squashed him to death by putting in that that, that clip from him being in his own corner flag. They forced yeah. a player who was that good at playing out into just lumping a ball <laughs> into his own box. Which, to be fair, if that had got all the way across to the fullback, would have been heralding as a genius bit of. Football, but in the end, it didn't work out. Really I just think Fabian Liverpool could be, sorry, not Liverpool, sorry, Arsenal could be really good to watch this year. Yeah, and I just absolutely. think other teams will drop off. Will have runs where they're not they're, st- they're not scoring goals and they're trying to find other ways to win games. I just think Arsenal will score. I goals even think the gap between second and third will be smaller this year than it was last year because I, of Arsenal. Mm, maybe. So you've no, got, I don't mean very close. I just mean a little bit. There'll be a little bit gained. You've got Arsenal and Chelsea yes. uh, as, as as third and fourth. I've got Arsenal and Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Um, I just the, that's literally the only tweak I've made to this that I, when I did. Thing is, I've, I've taken Tottenham out because from what I've seen of them at the start of the season, they look. It looks like this project that they've had there, the Pochettino's had, looks like it's coming to a close. Mm-hmm. And it's not ending particularly well. Ericsson, by the looks of it, wanted to be off. It's been convinced to stay for another year, but he knows he's now going to leave on a free at the end of the season. Uh, they've had the problems with Vertonghen at the back. I think even Pochettino thinks he might not be there come the end of the season. Like If, if Man United don't pick up and they get rid of Solskjaer, I think Pochettino, Pochettino will be there straight away. Same, I think the Real Madrid job could open for him. Mm-hmm. I think he's... Almost planning his exit strategy now, but not even from a sense of like, where do I want this club to be? I think he looks at it and he thinks, you know what? I really tried with all the resources there. We built an excellent team and I'm not I'm not going to have anything to show for it. Me sticking around another 12 months isn't going to change that. I've put Tottenham fourth because I don't see any other sides that are better than them. You know, Man United, Man United, Chelsea's in the league, but... I, have I don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about yours. You've got Leicester finishing I have fourth. Be- because I, I think they've done some... I actually thought Wolves might press for fourth this season but uh, admittedly they've only lost one game but they've drawn three and if you mm. that becomes an epidemic if you start drawing loads of games and, and that's slightly worrying but Leicester they've got a lot of goals in them as long as Jimmy Vardy stays on the pitch but they also as much as it pains me to say it they made an astute signing in Iosi Perez because even when he's bad he scores goals <laughs> which is what we saw at Newcastle for like I never saw him being I never saw him being bad I saw him scoring loads of Sorry, goals even and... when we were bad he there scored goals yeah 
But yeah, um, Leicester, Leicester do look strong. This yeah, season. and Tillemans in midfield is an he's, he's one of the an best players. He's a great player, and, and I think he'll he'll make the difference for them. I just think everybody else has is going backwards or is building towards mm. a new project. And Leicester have sort of clicked into having the team that they. Uh, Leicester very much look like the new Spurs to me, although they've done it by spending money where Spurs did it by just never spending any money. Um, I've got them in fifth and sixth respectively, but I could quite easily have swapped them over. I think Spurs' starting eleven is a lot stronger than Tottenham's, but I think uh, sorry, Spurs' starting eleven is a lot stronger than Leicester's, but I think Leicester have got a better plan. They're clearly at the start of a project rather than at the end of one. I could see them swapping places across the course of the season, but I just think... 1-11, to 11, Spurs are probably still a bit stronger. But again, Spurs are another one like Liverpool where you put three or four injuries into that squad. I don't really see... They have strengthened. And I you know, I was on this at the start of the season saying I thought they bought very well. But looking at how, you know, sort of towards the end of its lifespan, this squad looks like being and how unsettled a few of them look. They clearly wanted to get rid of Danny Rose. He stayed. They clearly wanted a replacement for Kieran Trippier. They didn't get one. Spurs fans on Twitter are saying there's a there's a crisis at fullback at the club at the minute, which I didn't think was a thing that could ever possibly exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I could see Leicester and Spurs ending up with pretty much the exact same season, but Leicester fans being delighted with it and Spurs fans yeah. being disappointed. You convinced me. I, I put Leicester down in seventh preseason. I don't really know why I did that because I was. They've got no distractions either. Which oh, yeah. I know you said you could have put Wolves there, but I think Wolves Wolves fans and I've said this. The Europa, if they yeah. finish fourteenth, fifteenth. Be delighted with it. If you get a good run in the Europa League, get to the quarters, the semis, hell, maybe even the final are good enough to do it. Mm. Be delighted with that. Have a transitional season. Focus on focus on getting a big European adventure out of it rather than the yeah, league I mean, come back it, next it year. It almost relegated us, but that Europa League season was amazing. Mm. Like, it was. It was great. We didn't like, win a single league. We plummeted, ages, plummeted down the table, but it was loads of fun. Look at Burnley. Yeah. They, they got in. They were out fairly quickly and it did unsettle them but they dropped right off towards the bottom of the league as well and I think Wolves will take a hit we've both put Wolves at 10th whereabouts have you got them I have Wolves at 7th now only because of the start of the season I think I think Chelsea Tottenham Wolves and Man U are all sort of interchangeable because they all have their issues and they all have (sighs) distractions but like just just on the Wolves thing I've got them in 10th purely because I think of all the sides that have got aspirations this year and haven't really and have spent a lot of money they've got the most on their plate and of the entire rest of the league they're still even with the Europa League games the best side yes out of that entire bottom half of the table West Ham nothing to distract them spent a lot of money they're going to want to do something Everton look like they're finally pulling a cohesive side together really strong at the back they've got Michael Keane they've got Michael Keane but they, they've got more <laughs> Everton have got more clean sheets in the calendar year than everybody but Man City and Liverpool this is true so they're not doing. They've got Pickford as well, but and still they're, they're pulling. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I don't see Wolves having those players where they're like, they're Pickfords and, and yeah. Michael Keane's where they like implode. I know they've got a lot on their plate, but they could also go out in January and spend three hundred million without yep. batting an eyelid. Um, One of the interesting ones that we all kind of disagree on is Man United's place. I've got Man United in seventh, but I would quite, quite readily. See, I, I haven't got them interchangeable with Chelsea, Tottenham, and Leicester. I've got them interchangeable with Everton, West Ham, and Wolves. Personally, I think it's genuinely commendable what Solskjaer is trying to do there. I think he's gotten mm-hmm. rid of Lukaku, he's gotten rid of uh, Sanchez. He's got a really, really good squad of young players who genuinely want to play for Man United in that side. Daniel James, Rashford, Martial, uh, McTominay, like even some of the ones that aren't rated, Juan Pesaka, Luke Shaw. There's a squad there that could, in 18 months, maybe two seasons, really be on the cusp of something. Mm-hmm. If they had, let's say, 
a handful of more experienced players. They could make a couple of very, very good expensive buys. That could be a really, really good side. And if you look like Liverpool might drop off in a year or two. Guardiola might leave City and they go into a transitional period for whatever. Chelsea, who knows how they're going to recover from the transfer ban. There could be a really good opportunity for Man United to get back to the top of the league or at least near the top of the league in a season or two, which is whether or not they can genuinely stomach finishing somewhere between getting getting entirely out of Europe to build towards having that or whether they're going to get itchy trigger fingers they're going to abandon this project after what will be a painful painful 12 Mm. months I think for them and they go right Ah, no, no, we can't. We can't be playing Daniel James. We can't be playing Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Let's let's just ah, let, uh, no, let's let's just get expensive players in again, and they go out and they buy another Sanchez and another Lukaku. Yeah, I, I put United fifth. I think I did that purely because I wanted. To, I knew they were going to finish higher than Chelsea in my book, but didn't really consider the teams below them. And, you know, the points you put forward about Leicester. Um, I think possibly I was influenced by the fact that you know pre-season I was looking at them going well. Who knows? The signs that they made. I know they're losing players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it's Man United. They always kind of can pull I'll put these it, I'll put it to you this way, right? Just looking at your table. You've got Man United in fifth, right? Let's say it was uh, Man United versus Leicester this weekend. Who would you fancy to win that match? I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd probably, probably a draw. Probably a draw? What, what if it's at Leicester? Yeah, you Leicester. Point, good point. Man United versus Everton this weekend at Goodison Park. Who do you fan, Who do you really I fancy in that fancy game? I Everton in those games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just, just, yeah, it's a fair point, yeah. Man United versus West Ham this weekend at at the London Stadium, who do you really fancy? Slightly biased because my dad's a West Ham fan, but yeah, I'd, yeah, it's a good point. Even Wolves, Wolves yeah. you know what I mean? There's a lot, even a lot. Of t- Crystal Palace at the minute, to be fairness, I think could could turn them over. Mm. Oh, look at that! They did at Old Trafford. <laughs> like they're not one on one. They're not as good as these teams, and you're really asking them to put a consistent run. Like, and you got to remember when teams smell blood against big sides when they're going through those years where they're not quite. Like what when they, they were. Yeah, when teams started going to Old Trafford, like when Realized, Moyes was there mm. and what have you. And, well, we used to be the specialists, isn't it, against Man U? Yeah, like and Chelsea. To be fair, you know when 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 your Brightons, your Southamptons, your Burnies, your Villas, your Palaces, your Bournemouths, your Watfords, your Newcastles, everybody else, when they smell, when they play one of those big sides, you know the crowd are going to be up for it. But they really think, do you know what? This isn't this isn't one of these sides that we need to fear. Like the effort goes through Mm. the roof. You know what I mean? And genuinely, I think Man United are going to have a like. I think their away record this year is going to be horrible. I totally agree in the in the idea of them in two years' time maybe being amazing if they stick with it because their under-23 team has some um, like legitimately really good players. Yeah, the players they want to bring in the Premier League. Excellent. But it's, it's whether they do get itchy trigger fingers and start bringing in daft signings. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let's, m- let's move on then from... Uh, Can I just say one final thing on Man United? I, the, the, the term of like going through the pain, as I think Gary Neville said, but he said it during um, Van Gaal being there because they dropped straight off the boil when Ferguson left and they've gone through, they've now gone through Moyes, they've gone Van through Van Gaal, they've gone through Mourinho, and I think a lot of Man United fans will feel like we've already been through these painful years. You know, we, we're Man United, we're still one of the biggest clubs in the world, we've still got huge spending power. Why, why aren't we in this conversation with Liverpool and Man City? And to ask a fan base that's so used to that success to, okay, well now the painful years start, now you've got to drop into mid-table to get back to where you were. I think... If I was the chairman of that football club, I don't know how I'd approach it because there will be discontent, there will probably be protests, and I think if they're gonna turn on someone who is like as beloved at the club as Ollie is, well, that's what that's the only way you, it's you, so difficult you deal with it. You hire Ollie's Gunasolsky, but they've already done that, so mm. the, it's it's sort of it's like he would be the one at the end of the pain. Mm. Give it, I think that's what Chelsea are doing with Lampard to oh, an yeah, extent. Totally they know yeah. they're going to go through a painful twelve months, eighteen months, because even when the transfer ban gets lifted you've then got to start reassembling the side and who knows what state it's going to be in by then. So they've got somebody, they're doing the exact same project, I think, but I think they've got a better squad to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think Man United would kill for Kante and they would kill for their young players to be Hudson-Odoi and Barkley and Loftus-Cheek and Abraham. I think Chelsea doing the exact same thing as Man United, but A, they're starting with more goodwill and B, they're doing it with a better side. And C, they've not had the upheaval. They've not got like they've not got their best player being a one-to-way like disruptive influence, you know they've not got, they've not sold three or four of their best players. Yeah. They've only sold one. Yeah, uh, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, the opposite end of the table and talk about the teams you see getting relegated. Sorry, start us off. Who are your bottom three? It, it pains me to say it, but I think Sheffield United. As, as much as I've enjoyed seeing their football so far, it's like I said at the start of the season, they're going to be very brave and stick to their game plan, and mm. it's not going to work out that well because it doesn't work in the Premier League. They'll, they'll entertain themselves to losing, basically. <laughs> um, and then I've got Brighton, because they deserve it slightly because of the Chris Hutton thing. But yeah. I also don't think they're a particularly good team. I think that they're, they're limited. Uh, and I still think Aston Villa, because they have done the same thing with Sheffield United, where they've been quite impressive. But they've made 807 signings this summer. And mm. you have to gel. And even if you can do some interesting things at the start of the season, I just don't, I just don't see it working across the entire... I agree. I think Norwich are better. I agree with you about Sheffield United to an extent, but I think we tend to see now with the difference between the bottom half of the Premier League and the top half of the Championship, or maybe the top three or four teams in the Championship, not being that much. You get a team that comes up, doesn't spend a lot of money, doesn't disrupt its side, keeps its style, keeps its tactics exactly the same. Norwich are doing it as well to an extent. Um, because they're brand new and the golfing class isn't that much, they catch a lot of teams out. Like Crystal Palace should be turning over Sheffield United. With like yeah. one leg tied behind their back, but it was just they're not they don't know what that system is. Mm. The this South this Sheffield United side is really cohesive. They're really together. They play well together, and I think we've seen it before. 
you kind of coast by on that for a few months anyway, probably maybe up until Christmas, you can pick up a few surprise wins. You'll catch a lot of these bottom half teams out. You'll get a lot of, you get a lot of points on the board before you get figured out. And I think Sheffield United are going to be that team this year that does that. And I agree sooner or later that that overlapping centre-backs thing is going to be an absolute disaster <laughs> for them. Just, it'll but I think by that point, they're probably going to be all right for this season. Next season, you know, they've either got to spend big or they'll drop straight back down. I think they will go down next like season. Like Huddersfield. Like Huddersfield. Well, Huddersfield were the best example of this. They came up. They didn't spend anything, really. They didn't throw money around. I think they broke the transfer record, but they didn't massively disrupt the side. Mm-hmm. And teams were like, oh, I'm not really sure how you play against this lot. They're quite a bit different. They're, they are quite rough, but they still keep the ball on the ground quite well. And that got them through. You know, the first part of that season, and even though they tailed off massively towards the end, they'd done enough, and I think Sheffield United will do the same with that. I was actually going to say Norwich will do that this season, but then I looked at where they are in the league, and I know it's literally only two points between them and Sheffield United, but their thing is not having a particularly balanced or particularly innovative system. It's having a centre-forward who converts all their chances really well, and that's not that hard to figure out. You know what I mean? That's not something the teams are going to spend months and months and months trying to... Uh, work their way around they will just stick an extra man on him and I think in three or four weeks you'll still score goals but I think they're going to be so reliant on him doing that they're going to really really struggle so uh, I've got I've got Norwich Villa and Southampton Southampton yeah they're... and Southampton purely because I don't see where the goals are coming from yeah they're, they're one of those teams that you, you can't, I've sort of included them as staying up purely because they're a Premier League staple now, but there's no real justification for that. My bottom three are Chef United, bottom. I think I, I, I do agree. Um, this no, you was don't. A, they got the bottom. Well, I, I, <laughs> well, I do, the me. do agree that uh, they are, you know, they're playing well. They, again, this was done before the start of the season, but I, I thought they were going to do this. I thought they were going to play well, get some decent results early on in the season. I think, yeah, it's going to change. And there's going to be one of those horrible graphs where it's like, First half of the season, 20 points. Mm. Second half of the season, seven points or something. I think, I think January is one of the... It's key for them, but I think it's possibly the worst because they've spent all their money in the summer on one striker who is not very good, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and if they get to January and they're sort of 15th, let's say, but everybody's quite bunched together, which is probably likely because it's mm-hmm. what happens yeah. in this league, then they might go out and spend like... They might go and buy Harry Redknapp signings, but Nico Crenshaw. Uh, yeah, exactly. But three years after he would signed them, yeah. <laughs> it'd be great to see. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think that that's where they'll get found out. Uh, my other bottom three are Norwich and Brighton, kind of for the same the reason. The thing is, I, I know Brighton have had a very mixed start of the season, but I think they have spent really well. The kind of players they've got in look perfectly suited to the kind of way they want to play. And I forget, apologies, Brighton fans, I forget the name of the manager, but he looks, although we are annoyed as Newcastle fans that they they did our boy Chris Hutton dirty like I'm that. I'm not even that big a fan of Chris Hutton, I just think it was just wrong. Anyway. But anyway, I, I, I just, I think they've, they've probably got enough to be a Premier League staple now. I think they are going to get goals at the top end of the pitch, whereas I look at Talapna and I think, good side, Good, 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 good side, but I don't think they're going to score enough goals to stay up. I've got Southampton just staying up, along with Newcastle, as I said in pre-season, there are going to be three worse teams than Newcastle. You slightly more optimistic? Well, because I'm slightly an idiot about Newcastle, but I also think individuals in teams like Newcastle change a lot of things. Mm. We have... I hope he stops doing it for the international sides. But in Fabian Chair, we have one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League mm. in terms of footballing, being creative. Not defending, though. <laughs> but not, maybe not defending. But then we've got like Lejeune and, and Lascelles who 
do that. But he still is a pretty good defender. And then if Joe Ellington plays as well as he did against Spurs, mm. if, he can, if, he can, if he can chip it, and don't get me wrong, I think from what we've seen so far, his, his overall play is really good. Like Even in the games where he's looked quite impotent in front of goal, he has still made the play really, really well. And I think when Saint Maximin gets gets it's his him, feet going, he's the key here. I think there's there's other players in that side who can get you goals, and I think if you centre forwards playing well without scoring, that's that's a massive boon. And I just I think that side we saw in the Spurs game, I just think that side that Rafa's set up in that system and drilled in that system hasn't changed much across the back line or in midfield. I think that is almost solid enough to stay up without him, just to simply remember what he used to. Yeah, hmm. it would be. Like as much as it would be Steve Bruce's finest moment, it would also be Rafa's legacy. Mm. Like I think. A, I think as well, like to Rafa as well. Keeping Isaac Hayden was a big thing because he's a really solid presence in midfield. Yeah. Keeping Sean Longstaff was a great move if he, if he can be used right, as long as he keeps Shelby out the side. Who just for all for all he can do things that no other player in that squad can do, and was for you know a while the only player who scored a goal for Newcastle. Never looks like he wants to. This though. team, he's just. I think when you're that bad and you're going to be that far down the league and you get, every goal is going to be so precious because you're never going to be two or three nil ahead mm-hmm. with, with this Newcastle side but every goal is going to be so precious you need everybody to know what their job is and to stick to it and to work really really hard and for all I think Shelby is a very talented footballer and can do things that no one else in that squad can do with a the football there are times where he's just going to have his hands on his on he's his a, shoulders he's luxury, yeah. and he's going to be looking around wondering what to do and I just think you, you, you can't have a passenger no I, I agree don't get me wrong, I, I I really like Bruce's idea of trying to have a three in midfield, of putting him in there as a passenger with Hayden and Longstaff, yes. because then you sort of do accommodate that, and you can still have that solidity, but then you really do isolate your centre-forward. The good thing about Newcastle, and the reason why I think we might get 12, all things being well, is that we have players who aren't playing at full capacity who could be a lot better, Al mm. being one of them. Alan St-Maximine isn't even in the team. Uh, Longstaff in particular is off the boil but if all of those four are playing around mm. Shelby then the the luxury justifies mm. itself and he can pass the balls out to the wide players who are both incredibly quick and he's that's what suits him he needs those players he mm. can't do anything else with them or he hits them up to Jonathan who knocks it onto them and it, it works but it's all on paper and it's all based on optimism. I will say as well, the one thing Newcastle have got going for them is they've got pace and abundance this oh, yeah, season. Totally loads and it, if, yeah. if you look at the sides that are going to be in and around them at the bottom part of the league, they're not the quickest. No. I think you can sort of discount Crystal Palace. I think they'll probably be all right. They've had a bizarrely astonishing uh, t- like t- 2019. Like, wasn't the 2019 league table something like the third or fourth? <laughs> yeah. or something mm. I know they're fourth in the mm. actual league as well, but... I think you sort of, if you sort of discount them, they have got pace. But if you look at all the teams around them, it's not something that maybe Watford have got a bit. But I don't know what's going on with them. Honestly, they were I, I absolutely think, terrible. I guess, think they'll so. just get their traditional new manager bounce, and I think they'll they'll be all right. Coasting yeah, back into mid New old manager. It's old. Say. Yeah, it's, it's Flores, isn't it? We've got Crystal Palace in the same place. I agree. I think uh, Zaha might be an issue when he goes in January. <laughs> if he if he goes in January, I think they're going to struggle because if Crystal Palace get an offer in in January. They are basically asking the club, do you want to seriously risk going down for this sum of money? Because they are so dependent on him getting the ball and moving it up the other end of the pitch. Not even so much his end product. Yeah. I know he does score goals, he does chip in with assists, but they're so reliant on him moving the ball from, from defence to attack. And if the, he goes, like Andros Townsend, maybe you could say, does mm. that, if, although not as well. Their entire style of play is give the ball to Zahar and he runs it up the field. And, you know, they've got other players that contribute with the goals and the assists and whatnot. But 
Like, I remember Newcastle, like, under, you know, McCarran, it was just, we need to get the ball to Sissoko because he will literally run it from the yeah. back of the pitch <laughs> to the front. Even if he did nothing. Even, did, if he, yeah. even if he loses it when it's up there, at least it's up there and it takes the pressure off. I think they're so reliant on Zaha to do that. Hodgson would have to have a completely separate way of playing if he left. And I would, or enough points on the board. Or enough man, points yeah, on the board. That's, that's the thing. If they, if they go into the start of December with a lot of points on the board, and if you're Manu and you're eighth, you look at him and think, we could get him back for... It doesn't even matter how much money because mm. it's Manu and they've still got Manu money. Then if they can convince Palace to do the deal before January, basically, and get him in right at the start of January, that's the only way it can happen because Palace need the entire month to then in, spend the money. In fairness to Zahar as well, because there'll be so much written about, if Palace have a bad run of form, there'll be so much written about, oh, head being turned and distracted. I think he's been really professional about all this. Mm. He came out right at the start of the transfer window and said he wanted to go. Um, but he ha- didn't get his move. He didn't force it through. He didn't try and get an awkward, like, Bayern Munich move or something after the transfer window was <laughs> shut. He's kept his mouth shut. He's done his job. And whatever happens with it, they owe him, owe him big time. I think the best case scenario for Palace is that Chelsea want him. Yeah. That's the best case scenario because yeah. they'll definitely keep him to the end of the season. He'll work, he'll work his arse off because he's a, he's a solid pro. So we'll see. I would just like to say, just to, just to round all this off, I've got, uh, after Palace in 11th and Sheffield United in 16th, the one thing we haven't talked about is just sort of my... Yeah, if you're a fan of... of and a... I've got Bournemouth, Watford, Brighton, Burnley. And the reason I've got Watford in the middle of all that is just because I didn't want three teams starting with B all, B, all yeah. in a row. I did that I thought with... it looked lazy. I put Burnley and Bournemouth and I thought, I can't put them two together because they sound <laughs> very similar. Yeah, if, you, if you're a fan of, of Watford or Bournemouth and you're wondering why we haven't mentioned them, they're in that gap between sort of 10th and 15th. I think they're both good enough. I've got 13th and 14th for them. I think they're both good enough. I think... For who? They'll be fine. Who in 13th? Uh, Burnley in 13th, Bournemouth in 15th, and 14th. I think, 14th or 15th. Oh, I think Burnley <laughs> will be fine because they've got... Wait, uh, where have you got Burnley? 13th. Oh, I thought we all had Burnley in 15th, very no, specifically. No, no, no. Um, they've got Ashley Barnes, who I think is genuinely very good. Mm-hmm. And I think he might go in January, but he'll probably score a few goals before. Where would he go, though? The kind of Chelsea were going to buy him. China? Yeah, he's the kind of he's the kind of player who the who it would be worth so much to Burnley that the only clubs who could afford him wouldn't know how to play him. One hundred and twenty million. Genuinely, the only role the only role available to him in that top six is filling in for what Llorente did for Spurs, just coming <laughs> off being yes. a taller, stronger Harry Kane and not really fitting the system at all. I think he's an I should say I think he's an excellent player. I think he's great. Yeah, but I think he's one of these players who is excellent because he plays in a system that gets the absolute best out of him. It's it, I mean we've seen it before with Ricky Lambert and. Um, Southampton, yeah. The other one. The other Ricky Lambert. The Similar sort of striker, great big lad, Grant Holt. Grant Holt, yes. Wrestler. Wrestler, Professional, professional. Yeah, yeah another one of those, if, you know, players like that can be very effective. And I hope when Andy Carroll comes back from Newcastle, he, he can occasionally be used in a similar nightmare to defence sort of mode. Yeah, but I hope so too. I was just going to say, if if the Ashley Carroll, uh, Ashley Carroll, Andy Carroll experiment works off, then Newcastle might buy Ashley Barnes <laughs> like, to replace next him season, next yeah. season. It's, I hope. You've got to, He's one of those players that's a very specific type of footballer, and if you're going to play very specific football, you can maximise their abilities. And teams now aren't really set out to defend against that kind of thing. A lot of, You hardly get centre-forwards who are Peter Crouch huge, bruising. could still come on. Not, I mean, not now, obviously, because he's retired, but he could still come on a couple of seasons ago, and defenders could not do anything with him no. because he was just such mm-hmm. a big different unit. Just a throwback to a different way of playing and defend, is the same, defenders you know, defenders aren't drilled week in, week out now, right? Defend this cross and second ball. They just don't have anybody no. they can like... You it's stand in for him, you're it, seven it's foot not. six. Teams, teams try to move you around and exploit the space now and thus defenders are experts at not getting moved around and making mm. sure the space isn't there or it's supposed to be anyway. So lumping a 
six foot whatever lad in the middle of it all. Like, well, why am, he's not moving me around. <laughs> I have, I have he's literally moving me around like this. He's just stood on a penalty spot. I have to say that Andy Carroll is another reason why I've got Newcastle 12th. Again, it's based on optimism. I just want one goal. I want one goal out of them all season. I want it to Andy be a late, import, either a winner or to salvage something. That's all I want, and it's a success. And his knee explodes as he's celebrating. Aye. Right, these are our Premier League predictions. Let us know yours in the comment section below. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can tweet them to us as well, at WhatCultureFC. Watch there, follow all three of us. You can follow Simon Gallagher at... Cy Gallagher. You can follow Adam Cleary at... Adam Cleary, C-L-E-R-Y. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. I said you can follow us all at WhatCultureFC. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football wherever you get your podcast from for daily football podcasts this has been it's all kicking off my thanks to simon and adam thank you for watching and we will see you soon hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.